Thank you for joining us for another life-giving message from City Church Now in Progress. The title of our message today is Words and Wisdom Pass It On. Now, I strategically and purposely didn't say words of wisdom pass it on because the older I get and the longer I'm on this journey of motherhood, I do realize that in some situations, I need to just keep my mouth shut. So words and wisdom, sometimes the wisest thing for us to do is to be quiet, not passive and watch a train wreck, but just quiet in prayer and resolve. And so we'll get into that. As women, we have incredible influence. And I think that that just jumps exponentially when we become a mother because now we have double the influence. The world would call our influence in a perverted way uh, uh, seduction or manipulation. But God designed us to have righteous influence. And that influence can be for good or for bad. We can see what happened in the Garden of Eden. Didn't Eve influence Adam? She did. And it was by her words and her actions. I was, as we were getting ready, there was um, a pastor on television and I wrote this down. Uh, He said, the voices in your life determine the choices in your life. And as mothers, we want to make sure that we are having the most positive voice for our children. Now, this is a message of empowerment. This is not a message of condemnation. So if while I'm talking, you start thinking, oh, but I messed up here. Oh, but I messed up there. No, today is a new day. It's not even 12 o'clock. You've got a fresh start. So this is for empowerment and encouragement. This is not for you to replay. Oh, I said this. I did this. I went wrong there. Absolutely not. This is for us to elevate in our growing and our thinking and in our doing. So again, the voices in our life determine the choices in our life. When I got home last night, it was a little bit, I was supposed to be here at six. So it was just a little bit before 12 and I came in and, um, most of the family, except for Levi, they're up waiting for me. And Ilanya Van Zant actually happened to be on. And I don't always watch her, but I like human stories. So I was getting ready to go upstairs and do some stuff. And so I was watching a little snippet. And it was just, it was a mother and a daughter. And so many ugly words have been spoken. So many years stolen. But they had an opportunity with some mediation from uh, Miss Ilanya to kind of get those things right to apologize for some things, to say, when you said this, this is how I feel. And I thought, wow, look at all the years and the missteps based off of words. The the young lady said, mama, when you used to cuss me out in front of your friends and call me names, I was ashamed of you. And when she said those phrases, I mean, you could just see it was almost like an arrow just shot through the mother's heart to have to deal with her own responsibility. And the mother said, I'm sorry. And you know what the beautiful thing was? Not that the mom had done wrong and the daughter had done wrong and the daughter was doing wrong to her daughters. This thing was they had an opportunity to stop it. 
they had an opportunity to get right. It actually, when I went back downstairs, it actually was a show of where are they now. The mother had passed since the taping. And I thought, what a beautiful picture that was. That even though some things had gone wrong, they had an opportunity to get it right. So that's what I want you to take from this message is that even though we'll all say and do some things that are just, we just don't want to do. And you think, oh my goodness, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that. Just get it right. So many times I have to go to my children and say, oh, I didn't have to respond that way. And as I, as my children are maturing, I've asked the Lord to allow my handling of them to mature. I don't want to lord over me and Levi just because I'm your mom and you're going to do what I say. Mm -mm. I don't want to be that way. As they are maturing, I want to mature right with them in my handling of them. One of the aspects of the words we should impart to our children should actually be the word of God. You all are getting it right because you're here. But we don't want you to wait just for Sunday morning to impart the word of God to your children. We're going to look quickly at Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9 in the message translation. It says, attention, Israel, God, our God, God, the one and only. Love God, your God, with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all you've got. So everybody say it starts with me. Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you and then get them inside of your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home, walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. And then they talk about, this is basically Jewish tradition, tie them on your hands and the foreheads and reminders, inscribe them on your doorposts and your homes in your on your city. And so the word of God, we've got to get the word in us. And that could seem a little weird. You could think, okay, talk about the word in the morning when I go to sleep all the time. It's just a part of your normal conversation. There have been times when Levi has said, oh, I was playing with the boys and, you know, I got scared and I just said, oh, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. And I said, that is great. We do that confession at home, and they do it here at City Church. That's talking about the word. It doesn't mean you've got to sit down with your kids and do a full Bible study, though there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that you have to be insecure about your parenting style or where you are spiritually. It means you can just incorporate the word of God and God in it. If you don't know the word, you can just Google. I, on my phone, you can just push the little microphone, and I can Google Scriptures on the resurrection and scriptures will pop up and it'll give you like six websites. Or you could say uh, scriptures on encouragement and then maybe a website will pop up and it'll give you like the 15 top scriptures to encourage your children. There are so many things that are available to us. So we want to get the word of God in us. Getting the word of God in us will allow the word of God to come out of us. And when we face life as we will with our children, then we won't be so just given to the ways of our flesh, which can be damaging. And so now there's a, a word that they use because social media is out, you know, influencers. 
you know, oh, you want to be an influencer or you're a social media influencer. People get paid to influence. But guess what? We are to be the primary influencers in our children's lives. Mothers, we are to be that voice. But guess what? That voice is being choked out, not because we don't care, but there is so much available to us now that it's like, okay, how do I stay number one in the ear of my child without being overbearing, without being harsh, without not feeling heard, without them feeling, oh my goodness, here you go again through the word of God. It says our children and their children will get in on this. That means giving them the word of God. This is uh, Psalm twenty-two thirty and 31 in the Message Bible. Our children and their children will get in on this as the word is passed along from parent to child. And so Brother Hagen, our Bible school founder used, to, founder, used to always say, find a scripture that suits your case. So, for instance, if Levi is having struggles with friends, I might just talk to him and say, well, how do you feel about this? Well, we actually have a little neighbor, Ryan, and Ryan is the cutest little fire redhead that you'd ever seen. But he is living up to every stereotype of a redhead. Like we opened up the door one day when we first moved in the house, and he used to wear these rubber boots. He's seven now, but when he's like four, five, six, he wore rubber boots. He ran from the front door straight and stood in his rubber boots on my couch to look out the back window. With this cute little red hair, he had those rubber boots on. And I was thinking to myself, Ryan just want to die today in McKinney. Got them old raggedy rubber boots standing in the middle of my couch. But you know what? Ryan is our neighbor. So Ryan, that just gives you a taste of how Ryan is. So Ryan is just wild and woolly. And you know, Levi is like a little old man because he is with me 100% of the time with homeschooling. So Ryan wants to go out and like chase rabbits and climb up trees. And Levi's like, mm-mm, I'm just going to do Nintendo Switch. No, I don't really want to get my hands dirty or anything like that. And, and it, it's just been a struggle. So Ryan would come over, ring the doorbell, ring the doorbell, ring the doorbell. So I'll open up the door real hard. You know, the screen door just whoom. I say, Ryan, I love to see you. I love your red hair. You are the cutest little thing on the whole block, but let's make a deal. Shake my hand. Only ring my doorbell one time, all right? <laughs> and he's like, okay, could Levi come out to play? Levi would come down the stairs. He was like, no, thank you. <laughs> Not today. For all of last year, Ryan would come and ring my doorbell and ask for Levi to play. And all of last year, Levi said, no. So, the word of God in you. So that's what I said. I said, Levi, we're, God wants us to be good neighbors. And Ryan is different. That's good for you. You need to climb a couple of trees. Skin your knees. It's okay to just, just rip a hole in the knee of the pants. We'll buy some more pants. It's fine to get dirty and scuff up your shoes. It's fine. You need Ryan in your life. So let's just pray about it. Well, I'm with Levi a lot more with homeschool, and so we would pray. I said, Lord, please just give Levi a heart for Ryan. Lord, help Ryan to be a good friend to Levi. We didn't pray a whole lot, but that's how you introduce it, because I want Levi to be a good citizen. 
And then I'm thinking, you know, we just, we on the block in McKinney. We got to represent. We can't just be shutting out little Ryan. If Levi was going to Ryan's house, you know, I would be having something to say about little Ryan not letting Levi in. So I'm thinking, hey, let's just, let's just pray. Yeah, I'm getting delivered. Amen. But you know, the climate of the country, we want everybody. Yeah, we got to. Yeah. So I need Levi to love little Ryan because I would need Ryan to love Levi. And Ryan is seven now. I don't know what happened. He came over. He's messing with Levi's stuff, so I just go up there. And my children, they live on the north side, so I just like to act a little bit ghetto with them. If you're African-American, I'm not being crass or ugly, but I just like to, you know, just act, you know, theatrical. I just... So he's up there, and I, Ryan, Levi was out of the room getting some Gatorade or snacks, and Ryan is messing with the... What are those things, the Imaginex things or something, some little figurines? And I said, you know what? I want you to keep coming over my house. But if you violate someone's space, then they might not want you to come over and play. So ask Levi, can you play with those? Because we're not going to put them up because you're our friend. I'm telling you, Ryan comes over to the house almost every day now. This has been since probably about February. And so that's a real small, just little nugget of as a mom, how I can help my son. Have a biblical worldview. Let's be a good neighbor. Invite the neighbor over. When Ryan comes in the house, he doesn't even, he takes his shoes off. I've never asked him. He takes his shoes off at the door now. He doesn't touch anything. But when Ryan comes over, I'm telling you, we load him up with Gatorade. He was eating Wingstop wings. They videos. Okay? I mean, we just, he comes over and he, you just see, Ray was like, are they, did they put him on medicine or something? He's so good. I said, no, Ryan is scared. He's not going to be invited back. We just treat Ryan good. We give, But Ryan is one of four, and he is the second child. So his sister is about 10. He's seven. He's got a three-year-old brother and a brand-new nine-month-old baby. Ryan is living his best life over at the Harmons. He doesn't have to share. He's eating wings. He's got his own Gatorade bottle. When he comes over, I put his name on it with a marker, and he just sits in the dining room. I mean, he will sit on his feet and not move. This is the same boy who will run in with his rubber boots. But why are we enjoying Ryan? is because I, as a mother, had to influence Levi. I didn't force him. You got to play with Ryan. How fun is that for your mama to make you play with somebody? That's not fun at all. That's not a play date. But my words, I didn't only just encourage Levi and pray with him. I talked to Ryan's mom. When she's over there with those children, I can't imagine how overwhelming that can be. I just have one little Levi. She trapped in the house homeschooling four. I shouldn't say trapped in the house. She's at home. <laughs> and so I just don't say words as a mom. I tell her sometimes, hey, if you ever want to run to the grocery store and you don't want to have all of them with you, I'll come over and watch the kids for you. And she said, I'll take you up on that. And she has. And I go over there, and I just let them know. I was like, you know, Miss Wendy is here. We're going to have some fun. Pick out a book. We're going to read a book. And then we don't ever read a book because they've got a dog named Maggie, and it's Ryan, Luke, Heather, Lauren. And so we just, I just sit. And their mom just, she can just go to the grocery store. So not only am I telling Levi about being good, a good neighbor, I'm actually trying to live that out on purpose. So it says our children and their their children will get in on this as the word is passed along. They'll get in on it. 
You know those flowers they said that Monique brought me? I've been knowing Shannon and Shamika for probably 15 years as well. And the care that her children, Monique is their daughter, one of six, she's bringing flowers. Shamika and Shannon been like that with me for the last 15 years. Or is that Haley? Who brought the flowers? Monique brought the flowers. Haley's there. Family's growing, looking beautiful. They're only doing what their parents have always done being good to us. So as a mom, your children are watching you, but let's watch our words. We live in a time when if we're not intentional, we will no longer be the dominant influencers of our children's exposure to the world and their view of the world. In an age where technology is king and access to the world is just simply by a click of a mouse or a swipe of a screen, is that we must depend on God's guidance to help us with our children. We have to take our rightful place as primary faith trainers and influencers of the children God has entrusted us to. It is such a huge deal. Your children are not just biology that has come together. That's a soul assigned from heaven with a purpose, whether you were married or not. My mother wasn't married, and here I am. God had a purpose for my life. God has a purpose for my mom's life. Psalm 127.3 says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. So what if your childbearing situation wasn't ideal? I want you to know that you were called, you were chosen. It may not have been ideal for what the Bible has called us to or what you would have wanted for your life. But even in that, God was calling you. He's still calling you. Motherhood is a call. It is a gift. It is a grace. Some women don't live up to their full potential. And now the older I get, when I see something a little off, the first thing I think, instead of saying, ooh, why would they be like that? I always wish I could sit down and say, what's your story? What's your story? All life comes from God above. So even in a situation where maybe it's not ideal, God still has his hand on it. God still has a plan for it. God himself has called you to this. Proverbs 22, 6 says, direct your children on the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. We know it most traditionally as in the New King James Version, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So you may be dealing in situations where your children aren't doing what you would expect them to do. You know, I've heard mothers say it. You weren't even raised like that. It's a completely different generation. When it says train them up in the way that they should go. And when they are old, it doesn't say that when they're finishing high school and in a few years of college. It says when they are old, it will not depart from them. What you are doing with your children and especially with the word of God is you are depositing incorruptible seeds of God in them. And what is the law of Genesis? Seed, time, and harvest. Seed is planted takes a little time, then there's harvest. So don't give up on your children, especially moms. It's just something about a mother. Don't say, oh, I can't believe you just act such a monkey. I didn't even raise you like this, and now you're out in these streets. You're embarrassing me. You're doing all this. 
that is never going to make anybody come home and do right. Think about it. We do that. It kind of appeases our flesh. We mad and we just going to tell them like it is because we can. And Lord, over them. have you ever seen anybody from the church or Oprah get up and say, you know what? My mama told me off and told me just how I shamed her and embarrassed her and how I wasn't living up to my potential. And then I thought, yes, I need to turn from my wicked ways. <laughs> Think about it. It has never happened. Nobody has ever testified about that. But you do hear those testimonies. I was out there doing all kind of wrong. My mama ain't put up with it. She always let me know she loved me. She put up some strict boundaries. And I came to myself. Thank you, mom. You can love your children and they don't have to run over you. You cannot like what they do and you can love them. I had a mom sit down with me for some years ago. And I was a children's pastor at a church in Frisco, and she uh, had a child that was um, having some uh, um, same-sex affections. And she said, well, what am I going to do with this? My child is coming to visit, and they're bringing their friend with them, and what do I do? And it was like, for this mom, it was like this ugly secret, like almost she didn't want the child to come because she didn't want anybody to do that to want anybody to know and I didn't know what I was going to tell her and thank God for the Holy Ghost I said you do like you would do in any other situation they're not married they don't stay in the same room love never fails you just love that is your child you just love them well this is what the word of God says and God calls us to love the Bible says that love calls men to repent the Lord will take care of it. And one thing I want to empower you with today as a mom is do not allow your children's behavior, successes, or failures to define your goodness. They don't get to determine your worth. Their success or their failure does not get to determine how good of a mother you are. Because you didn't just make life. That comes from God. Can some embarrassing things happen? Absolutely. I've done some shameful things, and I'm glad none of y'all know about it, not even my mother. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. And repentance and communion. Hallelujah. We can't let our children's behavior define us. We have to say, oh, God, I thank you for this child. I thank you. You've called me to be a mother. Lord, show me what to do. I don't like this behavior. I'm embarrassed by it. I just really would, they would, wish they would get themselves together. But Lord, show me, give me wisdom beyond anything I know as to what to do. How can I be the best mother for this child? Amen. Simply just crying out to God, just like you would call a girlfriend and say, I cannot believe this. Don't call your girlfriends and talk about your children. Don't call your mama and talk about your children. There is an example. I'm jumping ahead in my notes that we learned from Mary. Remember, words and wisdom. It says, when the angel of the Lord came to Mary and said, as an engaged 14-year-old, you're going to be the mother of the Messiah. You know what the Bible says? Words. She said, be it unto me as you have spoken. 
being a wise mother. And I know I'm skipping around. Uh, Angie, I think I'm going to point one now. I'm skipping over some things. Being a wise mother means wisdom is I agree with God. I agree with God. No matter what your children are doing, the Bible says that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. No matter how, whether it's success or whether it's failure or whether it's what you just don't prefer right now, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, God knows the thoughts he has of that child. Good thoughts, thoughts to do them good and not to do them harm, thoughts to give them a hope and a future. Agree with God about your child's life. Okay, Angie, I'm going to go back. <laughs> the reason it's so important for us as mothers to take a long, hard look at what we are saying to our children, number one, words are spirit. We just need to let that hover. Words are spirit. Words have creative power. I'm not talking about hocus pocus. Words are spirit. They have creative power. Words are not just sounds we make. They contain life or death. We all know we are created in God's image. So when we speak words to our children, they need to be words of life, not of condemnation. And you can catch yourself. You, can all, you don't have to answer a situation, situation right there in the moment. You can say, okay, we're going to talk about this later. So you can gather yourself, not to appease or figure out how you can make them like you. You are not called to be their friend. Let me just set some people free right now. Pray for them some friends. Bring them to church. We'll take them to the main event. They'll make some friends. You are called to give them instruction in the ways of God. And to be a guardrail that when they get too far over to the right, you can say, scoot over here a little bit gently. Sometimes it's with words. Sometimes it's not. Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. That's in death or in life. You will reap the consequences. When you're praying over those kids, God, I thank you that the crooked path is straight and that they have wisdom. You are praying life over them. And when they frustrate the fire out of you and you say, oh, I need to go live with your granny. That's still life because you're saying I need you to live someplace so that you can live. <laughs> but there is creative power in our words. This is what Abraham Lincoln says. It is better to be silent and thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. That's powerful. You know how we hear this phrase, I don't know about, you may not have heard this Mr. Tony in your neighborhood, but in the neighborhood I come from, the kids just say, my mama's so crazy. I know y'all probably don't say that now, but in the 80s we used to say that. My mama, she just be acting so crazy. So mother, it is better to be silent and thought crazy than to speak and remove all doubt. Sometimes, and I've taught the ladies this, sometimes in situations with our children, you just have to take a deep breath, get your eyebrows up, just stand there, and just say, okay. And just, and just let it just linger. It'll be so uncomfortable. 
but don't have an answer right then. You don't have to have an answer. Life is in the power of the tongue. And for the sake of time, I'm just going to go through my notes quickly. So, Angie, I'll give you a heads up. We are created in God's image. In Genesis, it said, and God said, let there be light. That wasn't just for God. That same creative power, you know, not too long, a few weeks ago, we had Easter. We were talking about that resurrection power. The same power lives in me. And so the power that God has exemplified from the book of Genesis, he said, and there was, you have the power. Now, you don't have the power because it's not hocus pocus where you're going to say, hey, be thou a doctor right now. That's not going to happen. Remember, words is spirit, life. They are seeds being planted. God had creative power where it could happen instantly. We have that same creative power, but it can come over time. So are you planting good, beautiful flowers or are you planting weeds? Both of them going to grow up and spring up. In the beginning, Genesis 1. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the waters. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. Then God said, let there be light. There was light. In Genesis 1, it records, then God said about nine or ten times, I counted in the New Living Translation. After God spoke, the New Living Translation says, and that is what happened. I've watched it. So I have family members um, uh, I have a cousin, and so, uh, how can I say it? Hmm. You know, you don't ever want to offend somebody. You never know who's listening to the podcast. Anyway, I've had family members, and they had children, and so one children, one child was just so, so sweet. Then they had a middle child who was kind of like the little redhead that I told you about. And then there was a third child. But we're just going to call it a little redhead just for, as for me not to be offensive to anybody. So let's just say that the redhead is not Ryan. But say this, this redhead was just different, just kind of all over the place and wild. And you know what I watch family members say? Woo! Look at him. He's just going to be a little thug. Look at how he acted. He just run all over the place. Just look at him. He just tear his shoes up and everything else. He just always acting like a little thug. Little thug, little thug, little thug. And we just think sometimes we're talking and we're just, you know, assigning stuff. And guess what? They were bailing him out of jail at 19. He lived up to every word that was spoken over him. And I was, this was in my 30s. And that is when I realized for the first time the power of words. And so, like, the grandma started saying it, then the mom chimed in, and then everybody started saying it. And he's lived up to the expectations. And I never knew that. Oh, my goodness, I thought they were just talking because he's always, you know how some little boys, they just come out just like a man. They just look like they need a mustache and a hat and a cigar. You know, it's just some, some little boys just come out so cute and chubby. And some of them just look like they would say, like, what's up? You know, just. So he was just one of those little boys. He just looked like a little man. And instead of embracing and saying, oh, he is a little man, he's so strong. Everything that was masculine about him, instead of celebrating it, they just said he's going to be a little thug. And so I haven't seen him in some years, but I hope that some things have changed. 
Genesis 1, 20, it says, Then God said, and it goes on, let the waters swarm and the fish and life and all these kind of things. It says, so God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms. When they're saying, so God created, we don't ever see God come down and toil like he did for man. It says that he formed us from the dust, right? So how did God create these things? He said it. He spoke it. And so we have to make sure our atmosphere is charged with positive words. There's death in the power of the tongue. We can see in Luke where, in Mark, when Jesus went to get figs off the fig tree and it didn't produce and he cursed the fig tree. He said, you'll never produce again. And he went on about his business. The next morning they came back and the disciples, Peter, as a matter of fact, said, look, the tree is dead. And guess what God's response was? Jesus' response was have faith in God. Have faith that what you say can come to pass. And we need to have that same faith and think, oh, let me change my words for the better. In Luke 2, I've already given you first point. the first point. Wisdom will agree with God. So Mary has agreed with God. Be it unto me as you have spoken. So she later has Jesus. So then you've got the, the wise men coming and the shepherds, and they want to go and celebrate Jesus. This is in Luke 2, 15 through 19. When the angels had returned to heaven, this is after they descended. Jesus is already born. He's in the manger. The shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. See the things that have happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the major. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel has said to them about this child. Remember, the angel was saying, oh, he's going to be wonderful counselor, mighty king. This is what had been declared as they're in that manger. And so the shepherds are going there telling everybody about it. And this is what Mary's response was. It says, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them. One translation says that Mary quietly hid these things in her heart. That's the wisdom without words. She didn't go around saying, oh, you know, my son, Jesus, he going to be all of that. My son is better than your son. He could bam all y'all to hell right now. She didn't go around saying that. As his mother, you can... I'm not normally up here, so whenever it's time, you can just, like, the Apollo just play me on off. <laughs> she kept these things in her heart. So, moms, if you see great things, don't brag to your other girlfriends and, and make them feel insecure. Some things, yes, is it okay to share? Absolutely. And social media gives us a great platform where you could brag without bragging you could brag without words you could just put up pictures you don't even have to put a caption you can just like some kind of little photography fairy just instantly put them on Instagram or something but some things we can quietly keep in our heart when we see our children mm, maybe they're not doing what they're supposed to do and we feel like especially adult children we just want to tell them how wrong they are and how unrighteous they're living mm. Agree with God. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. Hide some things in your heart. Save some things because words have creative power. Creative power. Sometimes being wise means saying nothing at all. And wisdom 
is obeying God. And I close with this. When, uh, let's not try to run our children's lives. There are times when we need to guide them to their greatness, but not run their lives. This, is, this was very, very powerful to me. I had never seen this before in the scripture as I was uh, studying. But Jesus was going on with his disciples. He was healing people, raising people from the dead. In Mark 3, verse 20, it says, And one time Jesus entered a house, and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat because they were healing the sick, raising people from the dead. It says, When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He is out of his mind, they said. But the teachers of religious law who had arrived from Jerusalem said he's possessed by Satan, the prince of demons. The Bible talks of, I don't know where Joseph is at this time, but his mother and his brothers. He's laying hands on the sick, doing miraculous thing, things, and his family says, Jesus has lost his mind. What is he doing? And then the Pharisees and Sadducees, they agreed. Oh, he must be from the devil. It goes on to say, that's where he gets his power from to cast out demons. Jesus called them over and responded with an illustration. How can Satan cast out Satan, he asked. A kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Similarly, a family splintered by fueling will fall apart. And if Satan is divided and fights against himself, how can he stand? He would never survive. Then Jesus' mothers and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word to him to come out. They're like, come on now, Jesus. Come on. This is the same mother who knew all of his greatness. She hid some things in his heart. Now he's walking it out. It doesn't look like what she thinks. It doesn't say that Mary said she's crazy. he was crazy, but it said his family, his mother, and his brothers were there. It says, your mother and brothers are outside asking for you. And Jesus replied, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of God are my mother's brothers and sister. Brother, sister, and mother. Jesus was not being disrespectful to Mary. What he was saying is I'm called to this purpose. And whatever lines up with this purpose, that's who my family is. He wasn't discounting her. He was staying focused. And our children may go on a path or they may, you may want them to be a lawyer and then they decide to be an artist, whatever it can be. Don't be those family members saying, come out. You're making the family look bad. But have those things in your heart. Pray, say, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I agree with you. That children are a reward from you. Help me to change my heart. Help me to see. Protect them. And then children have a responsibility to still be respectful, but especially when it comes from a, a call of God or a purpose on your life. You don't have to shun your mother or be disrespectful and say, you just don't understand. Pray for her. And ask God to open her eyes. And so this has happened. Jesus is saying, you know, they, you know, you're my mother and father. His mom and his brothers thought he was crazy. 
But then they all get together, final closing. And they're in John 2 at the wedding at uh, Cana in Galilee. And, you know, they're sitting there, and it says, The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' Jesus's mother told him, They have no more wine. And he says, Dear woman, that is not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Remember when he was in the manger and they talked about how wonderful he was going to be. Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. Those things that she had hidden in her heart. She, in that moment, Jesus is thinking, oh, it's not my, my time. He's 30 years old. But the wisdom of a mother, she didn't argue with him and say, you already know. We've been knowing. You've been teaching. You were missing for three days, teaching in the synagogue. You know, put me on blast and said, these people were your family. She didn't do any of that. She spoke to him, and then she used wisdom. She told the servants, do whatever he asks you to do. That goes back to have faith in God. Have faith that God has given you these children for a purpose or giving you your child for a purpose. Do whatever he tells you. Standing by, there were six waters uh, six jars, they would fill the jars with water, and you know he turns the water into wine. This miraculous sign in Canaan, Galilee, was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. How did he reveal that glory? It's because his mother spoke. She believed in him. She didn't argue with him. And his mother actually called out his public ministry. She wasn't a perfect mother. In the other scripture, didn't she agree? Is he losing his mind? He's in this house. They're not even eating, doing all of these works. But that same mother, because of her wisdom and her words, could call out his greatness. And the Bible records the miracle, uh, turning the water into wine, was the first time people had really witnessed. He had been healing, but they really saw something on another level. And it was because of his mom. So mothers, be encouraged. We have a great, the Bible has everything we need. We can see mistakes from moms. We can see them getting it right. But those same things you believe for your children, believe them for yourself, that God loves you, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Even in all your mistakes, you are called for this. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your greatness. We thank you for your word. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more details about City Church and for other resources, visit us online at www.citychurchtv.com or contact us via email at info at If you were encouraged or inspired by today's message, we ask that you prayerfully consider partnering with us financially, either in a one-time gift or as a monthly partner. No gift is too small. We have three convenient ways for you to give. Via our website at citychurchtv.com backslash give. Via text, text citychurchtv and the amount that you would like to give to 77977. By mail, mail your check or money order to City Church Global Ministries, 8105 Razor Boulevard, Box 90, Plano, Texas, 75024. 
Once again, thank you for downloading today's message. We look forward to connecting with you soon.